Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Round one has been completed and what a round it was, boys. Welcome, Dan and Wayne, to Eagle Nation. That's good to be here. Yeah, good day. All good? All good. Um, before we get into the show, um, for those that are on the podcast, you know where to get it. But to tell your friends, we're all on uh, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Type in Eagle Nation one word, you'll find it. Um, and download the shows from any podcast platform that's gone around. But we use SoundCloud, but you got Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. There's hundreds of them, as I found out. But before we get into the show, we've got to talk about our sponsor, Manscaped, that's come on board. Um, so I'm going to pass you over to Dan to say a little bit about Manscaped. Well, thanks for throwing to me, Wazza. And what can I say about Manscaped? I'm so proud they've jumped on a sponsor because let's be honest, you wouldn't use a razor on your never regions and then use that same razor on your face. So let's be honest, that is really, really nasty. And that's where Manscaped really steps up to play. They have nick-proof designed, scientifically designed razors for those areas, beautiful colognes. And what I really want to talk about right now is the Weed Whacker. This little device here is also water resistant, nick proof, so what it is, it's a nose hair trimmer, pain free nose hair, because let's be honest, no one wants those nose hairs tickling that moustache, what a horrible feeling, so why would you not give this a try, and hey, maybe you don't know what to get the man that has everything, Look, jump on Manscaped, look at their many products and get the gift that keeps on giving, Manscaped, so don't jump on, have a look at their many products and don't forget, use code EagleNation for 20% off. That's right, 20% off. I cannot recommend it highly enough. There are many, many products. And for the older gents out there, well, you just said the weed whacker for the nose hairs. That's probably the main thing we look at when we look in the mirror. You see these ugly-looking things hanging out your nose. So I'm yet to use it, but I'm going to use it tonight just because you said it's so good, mate. Mate, pain-free hair removal. <laughs> I kid you not, this little gizmo is amazing, and it comes with a beautiful light so you can see. Just give it – like, you could. You can find the videos on YouTube. Manscaped, remember, use Eagle Nation code for 20% off. All right, let's get into the footy. So, boy, did you watch much footy for the round or what? Did I watched every game, so. I missed two games, but I've watched most of them. And some good, there were some really good games of footy, really good games. My, my favourite was the GWS Sydney game. That was just played at 100 miles an hour. Someone had to give at the end, but, um, yeah, what a great game. Yeah, it's funny you said that because that was my takeaway. It is a lot quicker and faster moving and it puts uh, a highlight on – us picking Chester really, didn't we? Because I think they saw that coming. I think they saw this is the way footy's going. So we picked a young, fast kid that has good decision-making that attacks the corridor because that was the game. And um, I actually loved the Freo Crows game, the fact it was a tale of two halves. And uh, Young Rochelle, I just thought, starred mm. five goals in his first game. And um, I heard a little rumour too that apparently – if he was still on the cards, he was going to Freo. Yeah, Freo um, said that would So that, that would be very interesting because yeah. that could have thrown the whole draft order out of whack. Yeah. But you could see why he was raised so high because mm. not too often you see a small forward go so early and that one game you now know why. Yeah. Well, my pick was the Carlton game. Yeah, I that thought, was good. I thought Carlton were – Especially the last quarter. Extremely good. And what I noticed on the weekend, though, in a lot of games, there was a lot of momentums. Shifts yeah. in all the games. There wasn't someone who 
like powered on and then just kept going. There were big momentum shifts, even in the uh, first game uh, on Wednesday night. The same with the Richmond game. That was momentum. The Carlton game was a momentum game. Everything game, even the you guys are talking about the Frio Adelaide, that was a big momentum swing. Yep. And I thought Adelaide were going to cream this, but to Creo's credit, they came back. So uh, even our game, our game was probably the one game, the only momentum swing was probably at the very end in the last quarter. Otherwise, it was a fairly even, fairly evenly played game. Yep. Uh, look, it was interesting and as you said, Dan, it was fast. But the start of the year is always fast, I reckon. And then by round yep. five, six, the defence starts kicking in. So let's hope it, it continues that way. Let's talk about what's been dominating the um, airwaves all day and yesterday. Willie Rioli, he went up. He was given a week for a careless action against um, Matt Rowell. Uh, went to the tribunal because Eagles uh, said they're going to get him off, and they did. Um, what are your views, guys? Um, you know, I was a bit surprised at first he got off, but um, when you look at all the evidence, I can see why I got let off. I think if you watch the vision from the goal, our Eagles goal in, so that's Willie sort of running that way, it was evident from the start he jumped with his arms in the air to mark that ball. Now, he's made a very, very split-second decision. And we're talking about we're talking about millisecond decision in the air that – but the AFL, obviously, or the the powers to be, they freeze those fr- they freeze those photos right at the contact. They're saying, well, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, this is a head-high tackle. But if you watch it from the back on a, on a – even – normal moving game, he was actually going for that mark. Yeah, he made a bad decision at the end, but um, I, I, I saw nothing in it. I thought it was a good contact. Raul got straight up. There was no – umpires right there. They didn't pay for a kick. Maybe they should have been. I don't know. Maybe we have been one-eyed, but I thought it was a fairly fair fair um, to me. Well, the very important thing I think you just said was the, talking about the frame and the picture they were using. I felt like it was a trial by media. I honestly did. They picking up angles and close-ups and slow-mos of one in like angle of it to like prove their narrative that it was a bump, it was a hit in the head. And it clearly wasn't. Anyone that watched that game, anyone watched it live, it happened so quick and it was a marking contest. The angle you touched on, you could clearly see he had his arms out. But what I found interesting was the AFL, official AFL Twitter page, posted eyes only for the footy. Both players bounced right back up after this big contest. Fist pump. And then it's got a front-on picture of Willie Rioli and Rao. There is no head-high contact in that picture. Uh, contact was to the chest. And it's just saying, basically, Mark, that was deleted 21 minutes later after being posted. So someone at the AFL said, look, we can get this angle and we can try and get him. There's no other reason that would get removed otherwise. So they've said, look, we've looked at this certain angle. We've got this slide or this shot of it. Uh, let's try get him. I just think back and I think that's what our game's built on. I mean, Jack Rewalt last week was nominated for mark of the round for going back with the flight at the football. Yes, Willie Rioli didn't mark it. But even further back, Nick Rewalt, people, and the same people that are condemning Willie Rioli talk about his flight at the back of the ball and should have won it the year Sampy won it. You know, um, and then even Jonathan Brown constantly did this and was lauded for it. Yeah. And now suddenly it's changed. You're trying to wipe a kid out that didn't injure anyone, that just went for the flight of the ball and had his eyes on the ball. Even the 
the AFL originally, their first statement was saying that and what a great contest it was. The fish pump emoji showing it. And what really annoyed me, and this is where I get to the trial by media, have a guess how many in the last 24 hours about Willy Rioli just Fox Footy has posted. Oh, countless. Yes. 11. Yeah, it's a- in the last 24 hours, Fox Footy has posted 11 posts about Willy Rio. And to me, that stinks of you trying to sweep Tom Morris under the carpet or try and change the narrative, you know, yeah. because this happened, you know, a little over a week ago yeah. and that was appalling. And then the uh, victims has come out and, you know, released a statement on it. You know what I mean? And that was only a couple of days ago. And they don't want that to be the narrative. So they've jumped on something that they can turn into the narrative and it's been a witch hunt for young Willie Rioli. Yeah, look, if you listen to podcasts, go and have a listen to Sports Day Victoria. Gerard Healy is the only person with common sense I've ever heard in the East Coast uh, media so far and he says it as it is. Should have been a free kick on the ground but was it reportable? No. And if we're going to keep going this way... We might as well just call it touch footy in my eyes. I don't know if that's because I'm an Eagle fan and a sound bias. I'm trying to, but it didn't hit the head. It didn't knock him out. And we all know that the the, um, tribunals or the MRO, they're they're more about what happens to the player that gets hit and that's how they decide their outcomes. Um, So uh, Brad, what's his name? name? Um, Brad Scott. Got a lot of work to do there, cleaning up the MRO, mate. Yeah. Get it consistent. And Dan, forward me that screenshot because I'm going to have a bit of fun with that. Um, I, I want to talk. No, I, I want to talk about um, the rucks for the Eagles before we get into the um, final siren. Who do we? What are we going to do about the ruck dilemma at the Eagles? Why? Because what? What? we – I just want to bring this up, highlight it now because I want to spend more time on other players in the final siren. Bailey Williams has got his time to shine. He did nothing in that game. Um, they got a 202-centimetre Harry Edwards sitting in there who's big, he loves a contest, wants to go, and they're not using him. Mm. Is that the answer? <laughs> or, or do we just um, pinch it for the whole year? Well, you, you guys know I've, I've – I tip Bailey Williams as the big improver this year, but you know, even for me, who's been a big advocate for him, because I I, I feel like he was fairly uh, unfairly dealt with last year, because I don't think he got enough game time when he should have got game time instead of playing Vardy. Um, but you know, he but he's had a good chance in preseason, and he probably needs more game time. But he's. I think he's got to he's got to really step it up. He, he has been very disappointing, very I, I, disappointing. I might be jumping the gun because he was up against Wits, who is a monster, mm. and it just I'll talk about it more about Nick about the, the reason why I brought this up in final siren. But I just think we need to start switching it around and not put all this probably pressure on Bailey. No, and we got is it young Williams coming through and Jack Williams. Jack Williams. Yeah, but Jack Williams is more of a forward, mate. Same as Bailey Williams. Yeah. Um, Callum Jamison Harley rucked in the waffle last year. Yeah. We got Stranatica on the list. You know, he he's still well. I don't think he's still injured. So I don't know. There's an obvious thing there, and they're not using it. And off season, they said they tried him in the ruck. So, well, see, my answer to that question is, um, I would go the pinch hitter. I actually would. Uh, we got Dixon up forward. Uh, but you talked about Edwards. But as far as I'm concerned, Barras and Edwards, I like that combo down back. 
Uh, Gov could pinch hit then. You know, I loved Gov's game. We'll touch on more during the actual dissection of the game. Yeah. But he could pinch hit. You don't want him all the time because he'll be gassed. But that'll free him up to float back. Uh, Max Gorn gets a lot of possessions of the ball, but especially last year, you looked at them, it was a lot behind the ball. It was a lot in the defensive 50. And that's him floating back, taking marks. Well, who's the best reader of the play at the Eagles? Like, you can fault Gov for certain things, but he's the best reader of the actual yeah. play. Um, so he can pinch it in the ruck. We saw Oscar Allen do it all last year, which I was critical of, but now you know why. Um, maybe Bailey's isn't right. I'm not saying, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater at all, um, but once Waffle starts, you know, there's nothing wrong with a player being dropped and getting form in the Waffle. Uh, Jamison's an interesting to one because you are right. He didn't barely ruck much in the Waffle, but that's because when you've got three ruckmen running around in the Waffle, yeah. which we did when Oscar Allen was... Um, Pinch hitting for Nick Nat last year. Uh, we did have Vardy, we did have Williams, and we did have Jamison all in that waffle side. So that makes it hard to develop him. But now Vardy's gone, you could see him leap forward. Uh, that's more optimism. I'd love to see them leap forward. But I'm with Wayne. Young Jack Williams, he's not there yet, but he's another one that can come in and pinch hit. Because I honestly think you get the pinch hitter in there because there's teams that don't even have a recognised ruckman of Nick Nat's calibre. Mm but are still competitive in there. And when we get our A-grade midfield back, I think a pinch hitter would be good enough. I only bring it up because if Nick Nat gets injured, we need to find something quick. Let's get into the final siren. It's the final siren. Well, West Coast, they were brave all match, but we're overrun late. 16-11, to 12-8-80. Uh... Goal scorers for the Eagles are Petrocelli, Jones, Kennedy 2. And Gold Coast had Rankine 4, Kasbok 2, Chol 2, Ainsworth 2. Um, seven minutes ago, the Eagles are three points down. Suns kicked five goals to win by 27 points. What peeved me off being at the ground was Nick was going really good and he runs off the ground. And from what I hear, it's because... He has managed minutes because of sports science, not the coaches. And when the game's there to be won, you got to keep the big guy on the ground. Um, because this is why I brought it up before the finals are in our rucks. Bailey went in and Bailey got monstered by wits. And they won three hitouts from the centre and I think three of them were goals. In the last quarter, they got six goals from the centre. Mm. And it's, to me, it's just, it's just a telling thing that happens. And I don't know if you don't see it on TV, but I was, I was behind the interchange bench. And he ran off really quick, so he wasn't stuffed. And he come back on two minutes, three minutes later, sprinting out. So he wasn't stuffed. So why, late in the game, do you take a pivotal player like Nick Nat off the ground? Well, I sent you a message. What the F... Why was Nick coming off in the five-minute mark yeah. of the first quarter? What the hell was he coming off because a goal got kicked? My God, he's only just been on, only been out in the ground five minutes. And my my big critic, it's been even when he was on the ground, they dominated the middle. They just read his ruck knocks yeah. and they got him out of that middle. But again, I, I got I, I got frustrated with Nick on the weekend too, and Williams, both of them, especially in that first half. Wits destroyed him on the boundary line. 
People can say what they want. I don't care. But they did not read the, the throw-ins were going. I even sent you a message there. Go and tell the bloody rucks to come in a bit more because the the boundary the boundary line was the boundary umpire was throwing them in short. Wits was getting them hundred yep. percent yep. without fail, and they're playing from behind. Jeez, it really pissed me off that and not one. Nothing changed. So they obviously weren't told anything. It's what pisses me off the most is when – that's probably the coach coming out of me. I mean, obviously we weren't getting told by the runner, hey, get yourself in short. And you could see everyone commenting on TNG even, you know, get in, get in closer, get in closer. But in saying that, you know, again, Nick's tap work was great, but we didn't have the Kellys, the Shoeys in there to take advantage in the middle of the ground. Credit to Raoul, um, uh, the other uh, – Sorry, Toot Miller, who's the most underrated player going around, and um, another guy, I can't think of his name. Morale had 33 disposals, Toot Miller had 29 and one goal, and Isaac Rankin up the front kicked four goals, and mm. he was telling because those four goals probably were the ones that break our back. Yeah, I, I think Raoul and Miller were the big difference in the middle of the ground. They were class. Yeah, no and question. look, as we know, we, we had younger guys in the midfield, Redden held his own. Um, and, well, let's talk about the best players from the Eagles. To me, I had uh, Jones, uh, three, Redden, two, and Luke Foley, one. I don't know if you guys agree on that. But um, you look at Jarmain Jones, he had 21 disposals, two goals, six marks, four inside 50s, 368 metres gains. Redden, he, he, he's just played where he did last year. He got in, a, in and under, got 28 disposals. Did all the pressure acts. And Luke Foley, um, he had 422 metres gains for a half-back flank, so that's not too bad. Mm. And I thought, you know, we were worried about who would uh, drop into Shep's role. I think he did pretty good. Yeah, but it's like what we said when we did mention our Shep's role. Um, that is the one position where we got those medium-sized defenders and we got lots of them. As a game on a whole, though, I thought, and I actually messaged you this, you know, we came out firing and... I, I said to you, we're running on emotion. We were counted out. We knew we had a lot of injuries. We've been in the media. No one expected us to win. The TAB had us as the underdogs. So we came out with emotion and we, you know, kicked away slightly. And I said to Waza, um, because we're running on emotion, you can't play a whole game like that. So I was expecting the Suns to come back. And they just had those quality players that you touched on in the middle um, where we just lacked. Because, I mean, the numbers were okay. Like, even Gaff had a lot of the ball. But you know me, when I look at stats, I like to look at two things. And one of the main one is disposal efficiency. And that was quite low from. So it was a lot of rush kick forwards. You know, it wasn't uh, clean, precise footy. And I think that hurt. He handballs to people under pressure all the time. Oh, yeah, it is. But – and. Uh, I've come to the conclusion I love Gaff on the wing. I think he's a premier oh, winger. Yeah. As soon as we're forced through injury to bring him in the into the guts, yeah, he'll get it. And he's not a bad clearance player, but it is very much get the ball on the foot, get the ball in hand, get it out of the congestion, yeah. which they're probably trained to do. He's probably told to do it that way, but it doesn't come off every time. Um, so that was my main takes from the game. It was just the class of the Suns, you could just – Towards the end, that's what got them over the line. We were gassed by the end, and that's because we didn't have the senior mm, seasoned right. players. Where, yeah, they took Nick Nat off, which I agree. I want him out there, and I do agree that uh, Wits is a, a very underrated ruck. I really he's like Wits, and mate. they missed him so much when he was out I was injured. Say, he's come off, just come off a knee, yeah. Rico. So he's um, done a great And job. I think that's why people don't talk about him as much because they've forgotten how good he is. Um, 
But to me, that was telling. It was just they had that class in that midfield. We've touched on Tukman. I think even last year I had him as my most underrated player, I think, when we um had that question there towards yeah. the end of the season. And uh, Rao was to his best, as I said. And um, to me, that, that was just the difference. But we were expected to be blown out of the water. So I do take confidence out of that game. I don't, like No one likes losing. I hate losing. But the ins aren't that far away. You know, we should have a few ins soon, which we'll touch on later. But, yeah, I, I took a lot of positives out of that game. I, I, look, um, we all did, I think. Being at the ground in the third quarter, it was about the damn wall bursting. And there was at least seven, eight minutes there. We just could not get it out of their forward line. Mm. Uh, we just could not get past halfway. And I was sitting there going, we're spending a lot of energy doing all this. And, uh, you know, we were in front, I think, by 10 points or whatever it was, three-quarter time. And I, I just said to a couple of guys that I was with, I go, I think they'll overrun us late because we just spent a lot of energy. Mm. And we, we grounded out and it was good. I was impressed with... Some of the younger guys having a go. Um, you know, Nation first half was pretty good. Second half, tapered off. He had um, 526 metres gains. It's the second most for the Eagles. Hearn had the most for 580. But, like, Anil had a great first half. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you're looking at as a midfielder, 13 possessions, is it enough? It's not, to be honest. Um, Langdon, for me, just goes to ground way too much. He had a great first quarter, but after that he got run off heaps um, and he's very slow and he he's not a very big kick of the ball. So um, he's got to work on that game. Petreski seaton did a few good things, but, you know, again, 13 possessions. You want uh, at least you're sorry, 20 15, plus. Yeah. You, you know, you need 20 plus mm. from him. Um, you know, Luke Foley did a uh, Hoff. Now, mate, in the first half, in the first quarter – I reckon the first eight um, contests he went to, he didn't get a possession, but he put his body on the line. Mm. And he, there's not much of him, and he's just got no fear. Um, but as the game went along, he got exposed a bit. Um, it's the first game, you know what I mean? Um, but there's some promising signs there, as you said, Dan. I think you got to keep guys like Hoff in. I think I'd sooner see him stay in. I'd sooner see a Langdon go out and Hoff stay in. Uh, if they have to, someone's got to go out for one of these other players. Uh, I mean, you and me have both said was this for 12 months now, that Langdon just goes to the ground way too much, way too much. It's, it's, it's like a habit. It's an instinct. Um, Nash, I agree. Nash had a really good first half, and I think, to be fair to him, he's coming off not much of a been here AFL preseason like yeah. the other guys have been, but I think he showed a lot. And O'Neill had a great patch there in that second and third quarter. Um, but again, Petreski Seaton, yeah, he, he dis- went to ground a bit too much as yeah, well. He disappointed me, and Jake Waterman disappointed me a little bit too. I think he didn't grasp enough. One thing I, I think I don't know if you guys noticed on I noticed on TV is that we and you probably saw it on the ground more if you were there was of that is that when we were going into attack we actually had to stop because there was no one down there. Yeah, it, the it game like that, was played in their half. Looked like they were packed everyone back into the our. Centre, you know, centre and through the back line. So I think that was probably the only little bit of a disappointment there. I think that's where they're trying to get the game plan going, mm. and a lot of teams are doing it where they all go back and then they flood forward. Mm. And they did it better than us because they got three goals from it um, yeah. over the top. And but you know our, that means our players weren't they're either out of field position or just weren't you know being accountable. Um, I liked the Eagles because they tried to go up the guts quite a lot 
and they tried to take the game on more than what I thought. And I was actually surprised at um, how good they were going. And like I said, 10 minutes ago, it was three points of difference. Mm. So, and as an Eagles fan, you, we're all probably sitting there going, shit, we're lucky we're still in this game. Yeah. But in the blink of an eye, and it was, and I'm telling you right now, it's from people coming off the ground. Um, Redden was off the ground, Nick Nat was on the ground, and bang, they just went nuts. Mm. Out of the guts, down the front, and there's... You know, what can you do when you're getting clearances like that? And yeah. like you said, Matty Rowe was brilliant. But my highlight, and I've got to mention this before I forget, Tommy Barras. That was brilliant, man. Yeah. And being at the ground, there was only 20,000 odd at the ground and it sounded like it was a full house when yeah. he got that goal. And when he's running down, he puts his hand in the air yeah. and it got louder and I was sitting there. Look at the grin on the guy's yeah. face, mate. It was like... That was brilliant. That's what good football is, you know what I mean? His first uh, goal at AFL level in his 100th game, that's amazing. It's the first time it's ever happened. Yeah, well, I couldn't imagine it happening before. It's a very (laughs) random stat. But I I also liked uh, Petrosalli's game. He got two goals, but he could have had four. Four, His two points were... uh, Post, they're both posters, and uh, I thought they were both going in. I was devoted like that first, second one that I know his first point was bending. I was like, Oh my god, that's bending in! Like, it's bending in, and it hit the post. The second one I thought was a goal. They were cheering, like Petra say his arms, and yeah, people were hugging him. And then it did look like it might have just slightly grazed the post. I wish it went to a score review, but I think it still would have come out as it grazed the post. But I was amazed because you couldn't really see that. But I just thought, too, like he wasn't up the ground as a midfield, so you don't see his pace run. That mm. much, but a couple of times he used his pace out of little contest just to give himself more room and assess. And I love that. That's what I want to see him do because I think his position is now is as a small forward. Like they they didn't have him up the ground and they took Rioli out a lot too, which you might see throughout the year. So I think that is his position. And I loved how he, as I said, used that pace just to give him that bit of space, look around, reassess. Just to give himself room, and that's one of his goals he kicked because he did that. Um, yeah, he burned. It so was he, gr- yeah, he was able to settle, and it helps him kick the goals. Well, you know me, and you're the same way. And how I get frustrated about his game. Not once was I frustrated with Petrocelli mm. in that game because he put himself in the right spots and he used his pace. Yeah, he did. and like you said, that one that it looked like a goal from where I was. Everyone's like up, going to goal, and it went. Um, they caught it a point, and the play went on. But on the big screen, they showed it again, and it still looked like a, a goal to us. Yeah, because I don't I don't know where it hit the post. So yeah, up the top, know, they, they they did a close up on the TV. Oh, did they? And it definitely they he definitely got it right. The goal umpire. The umpire's in the right position. So mm. and no one, well, they were celebrating like it was a goal. So um, look, end of the day, um, Gold Coast got a few goals from free kicks. Uh, there was three goals that actually I thought. Really, they were lucky to get. One was a free kick against, um, I think it was Edwards Holden, somebody when Garb took a mark. They got it down the ground from Willie being stupid. Yeah. Um, so you take those three goals out of it. You know, at the end of the day, it could have been a lot closer. Did the score flatter the Eagles in a way? Some Maybe it did because, that, like I said, that third quarter – we spend a lot of tickets. I actually think the opposite. I think the score flatters the Suns. I agree. I think it was a lot I'm closer game. With four minutes to go, it was less than two goals in it. They kicked three in, in junk time in consecutive uh, in concession or consecutive goals. Sorry, and one was on the siren. But well, they missed uh, a but lot of goals. The, the, on the, you just touched on quarter. Yeah, but that evened up in the second half too. Yeah. I think we missed a few. But the th- the funny thing is, you said about the Edwards uh, free kick given away. That did annoy me because that wasn't played. 
at it again during the game on either end. But what really annoyed me, that was a great <laughs> intercept mark by Gov. Mm. Beautiful pack mark, intercept mark. And you know I love my stats. Because that was a free kick, he lost that stat. So he had 19 disposals. I think he went at like 78 disposal fishing. He had seven intercepts and like eight inside 50 uh, rebounds. And they took that one off him. So, I mean, if he got that, it would have been a really good game. Because I actually had him in my top three. Not top. Jermaine Jones got that honours. But I just, yeah, loving my stats, that was the thing that annoyed me the most about that, was that they took that stat away from Gov after that great intercept mark. And you should have seen his face at the ground. Now, he didn't look at the umpire, because if he had looked at the umpire, it would have been 50 and taken to the goal line. And he looked around, he looked straight at one of the players, and he's like, Daggers in his eyes, like, what the fuck are you doing? You yeah. know what I mean? Mm. And But he, he had his cool because he's usually one that blows his top a bit at the umpires. And no surprise, um, there wasn't many 50s paid for that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, so that was pretty good. Um, look, at the end of the day, uh, Eagles didn't get the chocolates, but, you know, they've got a – we're down on um, t- uh, experience. Um, Sorry, if, if I put my coach's hat on just for one minute. Yep. My coach's hat on here, if I was – a Gold, Gold Coast coach that on a, as a coach, I would say I'm wrapped because we had a win. But I'd be going away thinking, shit, we've struggled really most of the game because they've got 12 of their 15 of their top players out. And if I put a, my hat on as an Eagles coach, the one thing that disappointed me is that they never made a change. Like when Harry Edwards came on, he could have taken over fullback, brass out to centre back. Gov could have gone and had a run in the forward line. Because we had no marking power. JK's getting swamped Yeah, they were getting there. taken wide. Dixon's getting swamped there. Uh, there's an ideal time to bring in someone who's just a little bit more, you know, runs a bit more, jumps a bit more, takes a good mark, maybe could have changed the whole game. Who knows? I don't know. And he's a really good kick for goal. So I, I, I wish that Eagles had made a change and just, just thrown a bit of caution to the wind and, and yeah, make well, some of those especially changes. Especially when you've got players like that are missing. Mm. That's the time where you... Yeah, throw you think caution at a win and have a go. All right, let's get talking about uh, the next game, uh, which is round two. It's bounce down. It's bounce down. Eagles versus the Roos at Marvel on Sunday. It's an early game for people in Western Australia. Ten o'clock, what ten past ten to be exact. I don't think it's on live free to air, so it's going to be on Ko live if you've got it. So. If you haven't, it'll be replayed at 1 o'clock when the game's over. Games against each other since 2015. West Coast have won five. Roos have won three. Sometimes they're a bit of our Achilles heel, this team. So you can't take them lightly. But the Cavalry is returning. So let me go through our injury list and then I'll go through the Roos. So you've got... um, Luke Shuey, he's a test. Will he play, guys? Uh, yeah, I'd say if he's playing. Yes. All right. Jack Darling, he's a test. Will he play, guys? Yes. I've got I've got a feeling no. I wonder if they're throwing that to just stump the ruse. Well, JK's out with COVID. Yeah. Okay, I changed my mind. Yeah, I think Darling right. will play. I, I forgot, say, I forgot he was out, out with COVID. So he'll come straight yeah, in. Yeah, they'll force it then. And I've got a question about that in a second. And he, and he, kicked, and he kicked 10 in the scratch match last week. Yeah, but it was against Waffle Team Doesn't players. matter. He still kicked 10, so they're going to put him in. Yeah. Um... Uh, where was I? Tim Kelly and Liam Ryan are back from their COVID protocols. Straight in. Arette Bazo will be available as well, but I don't think he'll get a game. No. And 
the rest of them are still injured. Connor West, hamstring. Luke Edwards, actually, he's available with groin, but he won't come in. Uh, Elliot Yo, he's still a couple of weeks away. Oscar Allen's still five weeks away, if you believe the West Coast website. Uh, Greg Clark, Jamie Cripps are back running, so that's a good sign. Um, Campbell Chester, we won't see for a while. Dom Sheed, we won't see for a while. Joyce, we won't see for a while. Cole, we won't see at all this year. Liam Duggan, now he's the interesting one. He's available, but I think he's done little training, so mm, I, I can't see him playing for a couple of weeks. Same true, he's had a flare-up of the shins, so he's still got another four or five weeks to go. And Luke's Trinetica is near the end of his rehab for the and run. And also Witherton's available this week yeah, after a week's suspension. Um, if I go to uh, North Melbourne's, Jared Pollack, probably – he was a late withdrawal against um, Hawthorne, so he's probably a chance to come back in. Ben McKay's concussion, so he'll be out for 12 days. Jed Anderson, because of uh, the same thing with Darling, could be available, but will they play him? And Ben Cunnington, well, unfortunately, still doing treatment for testicular cancer. Um, Aidan Bonner's probably got another week to go. And Tom Powell, he might, might get a game. So um, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, we can't take this team lightly. We we got beaten by them last year and we got beaten with a good team last year. So we just said who might come in, guys. Who's going to go out for Darling, Shuey, Liam Ryan, Kelly and Wiverton if they all go in? Uh, sadly, there's going to be some unlucky ones because it is always the youth, but... There does have to like some will obviously stay. Luke Foley will obviously stay. Jermaine Jones will obviously stay, but Hoff will be unlucky. I think Williams will, might go out. Um, O'Neill had a great first half, but not a good second half. And the fact it's Shuey and Kelly coming in, mm. well, that's two midfielders. So there's that position. Um, and see, I don't know what they're going to do with the ruck. Um, and obviously Langdon will go out, and I think that's all that will probably go out. And I reckon we'll have four, maybe five ins this week. No, well, Nash could go out too. Yeah, Nash, you I touched on. I wasn't, I wasn't that impressed with mm. Nash to be honest. Like, his first half and was I know, real I know good. it's very. I thought his harsh, first half was good yeah. too. I thought his first half was real good. His and second half, I thought he, to be he fair, the poor bot guy. He hasn't. He's, he's coming yeah, off a limited. I understand. Yeah, but I mean, Harry Edwards could go out too. Yeah, well, this is where I'm saying the ruck. You know, um, mm. to me, I think we went in too tall against Gold Coast. So, to me, I'd have uh, basically what you just said, Dan, um, Bailey Williams, Hoff, Langdon, O'Neill, and I'd have either Dixon or Waterman out mm. just for team balance. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's where you said before, um, Chuck Gov up forward. Mm. Play Harry down the back. If you're not going to play Harry in the ruck, play him down forward. Put Dixon as a pinch hitter in the ruck. You, you know, these. It's this is where that second ruck thing this is where Nick Nat knew he has to play more game time. End of the day, 63% of a game time is not enough. No. He's probably the second highest paid player in the team. Um, and you're telling me that he can't play more than that? That's bullshit. He played last game last year against Brisbane in Brisbane. He played 80%, over 80%, yeah. and he had 21 possessions or 22 possessions in the game. Now, Nick's probably never had that for a whole bloody season, let alone a game. Well, in so, the Frio... Scratch he can do match, it. She played eighty percent of the game. Of course, it can be so done. So playing for more, playing for more time. You, mm. you, you can't have a, a pivotal guy that much playing half a game of football. Mm. 
throw him down the forward line. Do something. I just, this is what frustrates me the most is that they, they stick to their – Simo sticks to his little ways of doing it and that's it. And they, and they keep saying, well, no, we go by the sport medical people saying, well, we're only giving this time. I mean, if you can't play that time, put someone else who can play the time. That's what I believe. Well, or that, recruit someone to get to play the bloody time. And this time. is what I said in Final Siren. Um, when you've got 10 minutes to go, you've got to keep your best players on the field. Without doubt. Right, um, and especially at a pivotal moment, you don't take your best player off. I don't give a shit what sports science guys say. Mm. Yeah, it's about the feel of the football. You know what I mean? Uh, and I know it doesn't happen just at the Eagles, but I get pissed off when a player kicks a goal mm. and they take him off the ground. Yes, I just don't understand that. If a player's kicking a goal, he's hot. Mm. Keep him on the ground. He's he's got um, that. I, I know for my thing, when I played football, and if I was kicking a goal. I was making sure kick it to me again because mm. I'm, I'm on a go here. I'm going to kick another one, yeah. and that's how you build pressure. But when you're taking the player off the ground, kicking a goal, I, I just don't understand it. Yeah. Um, maybe it's old school thinking, but uh, <laughs> me sports science guys get too much of a say. I agree. What do you bet? I find it hard to argue with the sports science guys, <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. You, you said it early in there. It, it's not so much similar. They're saying this is how many hours he's got to play. But I, I, I remember very much so the Brisbane game Wayne touched on, and he did play a lot more, and he was best on ground almost oh, that easy. game. He, it was awesome. And I do find selection does all revolve around the ruck dilemma, we'll call it. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what it is. So I want a pinch hitter. So I want him 70% or above. Like, I think that's realistic. I think that's not as much as a Grundy and Gorn that will do 85%. Mm. So you're not asking for as much, but it's got to be at least over 70% with me, mm. with, you know, 25 to 30% as a pin, pinch yeah. hitter. And if you don't feel confident in the pinch hitters or don't want to gas out the players, put a Gov in there for once, put a Dixon in there for one. Like, yeah, right, change right, it right up right. a bit. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't have to be the same thing. Look, look, look at Melbourne's a classic example. I keep, I know I keep saying we ain't Melbourne. I know we aren't, but... Melbourne won a grand final by, and a premiership by playing Gorn 85%, Jackson 87%, uh, Ben Brown uh, about 76%, and, and McDonald paid uh, 79%. That's why they won. That's It, it can be done. It, it can easily be done. And they rotate through the forward line. Well, they're going to have to do something because North Melbourne's not a walkover. Um, no. Let's have a look at some of the players you got. You got Aaron Hoare, Simpkin. Simpkin's a bloody good player. Uh, you got Davies Uniaki, whatever he's. Yeah. Is that? And he's a he's tough that? guy. Uh, Luke McDonald, Tom Powell, Zebel, Greenwood. You know they're, they're laughing. They got Greenwood from uh, the Suns. They're laughing how they snatched him. Uh, Goldstein in the ruck, so he's going to push it all day. He runs all day, and he's older than Nick. So he can play a whole game. So Nick can play more. Taron Thomas had a probably a quiet game the other day, but so he did, cut us up last time. So did Stevens had a quiet game. Uh, Larky up forward and Zerha. So our backs are going to be switched on. Coleman Jones, I don't think, will play. I think they're going to drop him. Um, and we can't forget that the number one draft pick they've got there, Jason Horn Francis. I, so, watched, I watched that game and he played a – he's a class act, that kid. And he's going to be a champion. I don't know what it is, but the Eagles have had, from memory, they've had more rising star nominees against them. So Eagles don't let Horn Francis be the next one. Hmm. Um, for some reason, we don't put enough effort into the first game. But, yeah, like he, I watched a bit of that game and he is pretty good. He's class act. Yeah, I find it's only round two, but, but make no mistake, this is a very important game. Oh, shit, yeah. To be honest, I... 
I wanted to make this close to the halfway mark. But as far as I'm concerned, we've got four or five quality players coming back now. I don't think we can use the injury as an excuse anymore. No. I think if we honestly lose this one with the Shuey coming back, Witherden coming back, Kelly coming back, Ryan coming back, Darling coming back, if we can't beat North Melbourne last year's Wooden Spooners, I think, and I know it's very, I think we do look at the reset button. Mm. I think we do look at the rebuild button. I was going to make that the halfway mark, but the injuries, even though they're as bad, weren't as bad mm. as I thought, as in they're coming back staggered and we're getting quite a lot back right now. Um, and I'm expecting big things from Kelly. I've been raving about Kelly all off-season, basically, and I think this is going to be his best year for us. Um, and he's not coming off an injury, too, which is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ryan's not coming off an injury. Darling, they said the foot thing, but not really coming off an injury mm. either. Yeah, Shuey might be a little bit underdone, but again, Wiverton's not coming off an injury. So these inclusions mm. shouldn't be sluggish because they're not coming off injuries. No. So I think round two, and I think this is a do-or-die game. I think... I don't care about how much we win by. We've got to get the two points. It's got to win by if, a point. If we don't get those two points, Four. I think we've seriously got to... Four points, mate. Oh, yeah. I don't want to draw. Why am I saying two <laughs> points? Yeah. But... It's <laughs> only two points. Oh, yes. I don't know why I had that on my mind. But, yeah. I think, yeah, we have to. If you can't beat with the side, that side we put out. Because we already looked at who we're dropping. It was tough to drop it. Mm. I'm not happy dropping oh, it. Oh, yeah. I forgot to I'm say. I'm not happy dropping Hoff. No. You know what I mean? We J- saw a JK's lot of young... be missing, so... Yeah, but yeah. with yeah. Darling, that's the extra inclusion. You know what I mean? Um, and I agree. We were too tall, so I don't think that's a massive bad out. And I think Wayne's even said keep him in the home games and yeah. don't Why send not? him away on the away games. Yeah. And it's kind of worked out like that, so that's <laughs> not bad. But, yeah, a big call. But I think if we don't win this, we hit that reset button. And O'Neill's and the Hoffs and the Jermaine Jones, they stay in a lot more. Mm. And we look at the rebuild. I'd probably wait a couple more games before we hit the button. We've got Dockers coming up after that. Then we've got Collingwood and then Sydney. If we're zero on five, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, but just to clarify, it's the – and no disrespect to Kangaroos. It's the, who we're playing. If we don't beat them, and I feel like we've got a strong side with these ins, then I don't think we're going to be playing finals or win finals. But that, <laughs> Definitely that, not a grand final, and that's what you're here for. So, yes, it's a tough decision, but some of the best teams – that's had like great eras and dynasties, always make those tough decisions. Mm. They do. There's something about North Melbourne. They always beat us when they need to. And they'll be very confident about winning this game. Oh, for sure. Um, and they've always been like their Achilles heel for us for some reason. Mm. Uh, when we win, we usually win really big against them. But um, especially away, I've, I mean, we played them in Tasmania twice and they've won and they've beaten us at Marvel once. This one's at Marvel. So, look. It's, like you said, it's a do-or-die game and each game after that's going to get uh, the same. You know, um, if we're 0 and 5, we're in trouble. So let's pick this one up. Um, we're going to end the show now. We're going to um, talk about Manscaped one more time. If you use the right tools for the right job, you you get it done, don't you, boys? That's right. 20% off if you use the word Eagle Nation. Thanks for them for being a sponsor for the show. Um, get on... Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so you don't miss a show. Subscribe to your favourite podcast platform. And like you said, Dan, we have to win this game, mate. Must win. All right, guys, until next week, um, let's hope the Eagles uh, were singing this song. Yep. See you then, boys. Catch you later.
truce built We cross the nation Our colors share